everybody who's watching online. I wanna say hello to you as well. So glad you're joining us. So glad you made it here. If you're here in person, uh, and, and all of you out there watching, uh, I realize even from home, like it, it's just, it's easy to not check in with us. So glad that you're doing that with us and joining in uh, and being with us, gathering with us. And, and I'm praying God does something uh, today. I know he is, and I pray he just continues to do that. And I also wanna welcome you to week number two of the series we're calling What's Up? And uh, if you missed last week, if you missed last week, here's what we're doing. Uh, we're taking the new year. We're just gonna take the new year. And I don't know about you, we're turning the page, everybody. I don't, some you, you want to turn the page, man. That's what I want to do. So we're, we're turning the page on last year, and we're going to look at some things that, that we're just saying that most of us would say are very important to us. And so we're specifically looking at five areas uh, of importance in our lives, and we're just looking at what God has to say about it. Uh, not only that, we're also going to look and see if we can ask some questions. This is the most important. Ask some questions with what God has to say uh, that might help us in these areas to get from here to there, that we're all here, and we want to get there. We want to get to a, a better place in these areas of our lives. And last week, Chad kicked this off by looking at one of the most important, actually the most important area of our lives, which is uh, us and God. That's what we looked at uh, last week. And I think uh, it was really, really um, uh, good to see some of the critical areas to talk about and learn about the critical areas and be able to ask some questions uh, about our faith and growing it. And so today, uh, we're gonna take a look at the next important area of our lives, uh, which is our marriages, our marriages, okay? So if you have your Bibles in here, out there, go ahead and grab those, open them up, to Genesis chapter two, Genesis chapter two. And as you're getting there, uh, I know for me, I'm assuming for a lot of you, uh, looking at this series this is a very, this is, there's no better time uh, than, than to look at this series right now for me. Uh, I think we all wanna turn the page uh, from last year and look forward to a new year uh, with things like our <clears throat> relationship with God and our relationship with our friends and our kids and, and our finances and, and all that stuff. And uh, for many of us, for many of us, looking at our marriages too. It's really important to look at our marriages because I know for me, uh, it's always helpful to be reminded about some things in my marriage. I don't know about you, sometimes I forget a little bit, everybody, okay? So it's always good. I could always use a refresher on my marriage, how we should be helping each other, caring for each other, serving each other, okay? And uh, this comes for a good time for me and Courtney because uh, every January what we do is uh, we get, have a getaway every January and so we try to have a weekend, but if we can't get a whole weekend, we at least have an overnight uh, where we get together and we, we talk about our marriage. We talk about uh, what's going on with, the, with our marriage. And we do it every year. So we did that just this last weekend. Uh, so we went out of town for an overnight and uh, we went shopping. That always helps loosen us up a little bit, right? Get a, get a shirt and some shoes. Uh, she got some stuff too. And, uh, you know, so then, then we go to dinner and, and we went to dinner and we just talked about, uh, last year we talked about some things to celebrate in our marriage last year. What were some things that we can look at and say, man, well, this is what we loved about last year. And then we talk about some areas of our marriage where we can ask each other, what can, what can we see more of or less of from the other person? to help or get better or, or do some of those things. And so uh, there was definitely a couple of areas where Courtney asked me, hey, what can I do more or less of to, to help you in that area? And, and then I found some as well uh, that, that I could help uh, with her too. And, and so it was really great. It was really great. And Next day, uh, we hit the road to go home. We were driving home, or uh, I, I was actually driving home. Uh, and I would like to say I was keeping up with traffic. I wasn't speeding. Uh, it's not speeding if everybody else is going the same speed, right? Like I was just keeping up. And I was uh, taking advantage of empty lanes. I wasn't swerving. Uh, they were open. And so I was able to take advantage of those, uh, those lanes. And so then she looked at me and she said, Andy, the speed limit is 65 and you were swerving. Can you just stay in one lane, please, okay? Uh, and, and I looked at her and, and I 
I said, hey, you remember at dinner uh, when, when you said, is there anything you'd see, like to see more or less of uh, in a relationship? I'd like to change my answer right now to what I'd see, like to see less of right now, okay? And, uh, and here's the thing. This is a true story. I did not make this up. This is absolutely what I did. And we all, we both laughed really funny because we both know I am the absolute worst driver when it comes to us as a couple. I am just, I'm not a great driver. Uh, and unlike 65% of you out there, I'm willing to admit I'm not a great driver, okay? I know nobody else likes to do it, but so we had a good laugh. And uh, so anyways, let's get going. Let's get moving because I know we could all use uh, a, a few brush-ups on our marriage. And so the first thing that I wanna do, I wanna just go to a few areas today. I wanna, I wanna kinda look at the purpose for marriage. Just kinda give us a refresher on the purpose of marriage. Uh, and then as we do that, I wanna take a look at how we navigate our way through four seasons that every marriage goes through. Uh, and I think it's really critical to see these seasons that marriages go through. And then also along the way, find some questions, some relevant questions that I wanna give you all to ask in your marriage, ask in your, if, if you're engaged or if you're really wanting to get married, ask some of these questions that we can ask each other, okay? So let's go there. Genesis 2, hopefully you made your way there. Uh, and I wanna look uh, at the start of this uh, by looking at the start of this, okay? So uh, like uh, I think a lot of you may think uh, that, that marriage was actually a man-made thing. We're gonna see that it absolutely was not, uh, that this was a God-made thing. Uh, it was put into place a long time ago. Marriage was put in a long time ago. It was even put in, marriage was put in place even before sin entered the world. Did you know that? Marriage was put in place before sin even came. So we're gonna look into this. Uh, Genesis 2, uh, verse 18. So right after God made Adam, here's what he said. In the very beginning, he said, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So, so right off the bat, he said, man, man was not created to be alone. And God knew that. He, he knew that that's not what he wanted and that's not that it wasn't good. And just a note here, I want you to see this really quick. God does not say here that, that it's not good to be single. He says that it's not good to be alone, that, that we were made, that we were created for community. We were created to, to be around each other, to have contact with one another. We we're made to need that in our lives. And that is why, everybody, I believe that the local church uh, is so crucial for us in that way, that it's so critical uh, for all people, for married, single, divorced, it doesn't matter what your status is. That's a huge important piece of gathering together, being together, seeing folks that are like-minded, having that contact. I actually ran into a, a person a few years ago, so a few years back, and I remember uh, he was talking to me, and he shared, and he said, hey, I think that a spiritual gift of mine uh, is a gift of touch. Is that weird? Honestly, nowadays, even now, like, it's not that weird, is it, everybody? Like, I think we're actually missing what we've taken for granted so often with what we're going through, like, with not even really being able to touch one another and, and do that. We're staying socially distanced, and I just think that that's really interesting. So God said he needs a helper. He said, man, he looked, he said he needs a helper, and what he meant that is a helper means one who supplies what is lacking in the other, and so he provides Eve, right? He looked around, there's nothing else could suffice for, for helping Adam, so he made Eve. So here's what it says in verse 22. It says that, that the Lord God took, uh, made Eve and, and brought her to the man. I love this verse right here. Uh, I love it because uh, God could have like really had done a lot of things, right? He could have had them kind of run into each other, but it says that he actually brought her uh, to him because I think he was excited. He's like, man, look, look. Like that, he's like, check it out. Like, look what I did, you know? And I think that's really cool about God and what he wanted to do. Uh, and so now we have what God designed. We have what God made, he, he made, and the next thing that comes in the, in the next verse is central, is central to every marriage that's out there, every marriage that wants to be going after this uh, and seeing an ironclad thing. And it's three things uh, that really set up the purpose, that set up the purpose for marriage. It's in the very, very beginning in the book of Genesis. So let's take a look at it here in verse 24. It says this, it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become 
one flesh. So right there it is. Marriage is in the very, very beginning of time. And in here, what we're gonna see are three primary steps in a marriage uh, for people to follow, for married people to follow if they wanna go after a marriage that God designed. So the first factor in a marriage uh, is that you leave, that, that you leave things behind. That's the very first factor, uh, very first purpose in a marriage, that, that when you get married, here's the thing, everybody, that there are physical boundaries that you leave once you're married and once you have a maid. There are physical things that have to change. There are emotional ties that have to shift uh, when you're married. And there are things in the heart uh, that need to change, that, that you leave. It's a very personal thing, and you have to take an action of leaving certain things in your life. You can't just stay the same when you get married. And the point of this is, is, is this, that the point isn't so much that you leave things as much as it is is making your mate the top priority in your life, the number one top priority in your life, that this person uh, who you said I do to it has to be your number one top human priority, higher than your parents, higher than any other like sort of emotional connection that you have, higher than any priority, and yes, even higher priority than your kids. There, I said it. We'll talk about family here in a few weeks, but that's true. That's the, you, that the, your mate is the very, very top priority. I can't tell you how important this first purpose of marriage is for an ironclad marriage. How many people miss it? How many people miss it? And, and just to encourage you to say, uh, how are we doing there? How are we doing in making your mate, your spouse, the number one top priority? That's the first factor uh, in a marriage. Here's the second one in here in the very first count, that, that you hold fast to each other, hold fast. Hold fast actually means uh, to be united. I love the uh, King James Version here. The King James Version actually uses a great word here, the word cleave. Uh, and that great word that they cleaved to is made. I love uh, walking through premarital counseling uh, with couples and I, I use that word and I say, what do you think that means? What do you think cleave means? And to see their stone faces go like, like and then like, I don't know, like you cleave something? I don't know, like, you know, it's great using that word cleave. Uh, but here's what it means. When two people are married, I don't know if you knew this or not, if you are married, that you took a sacred vow. Did you know that? You actually took a sacred vow when you get married and they make what is called a covenant, a covenant between them and God. And what God does with that covenant, with that sacred vow that you made is he then sets you two apart uh, from any other relationship that exists in the world. It sets you two in that covenant, in that vow, from any other relationship that you have. That's what happens, okay? Uh, and, and what's important here uh, is this right here is where trust is built in a relationship, in a marriage. That's where trust is found in a covenant body. You can't find it if you go through your marriage in a contract way. That the only way trust is found and kept and built on is in a covenant bond. Because when it, in a covenant, what it tells me is this. It tells me that when I'm in a covenant that you're not going anywhere no matter what. And, and the same for me. I'm not going anywhere no matter what, even when it gets tough because we are set apart. We're, we're different than any other relationship that we have by being married. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you something uh, that is very different than what pretty much everybody else is saying. I'm gonna say something that's kind of totally gone in our culture and sadly it's fleeting in our Christian marriages too. I think we're buying into what the world says about marriage, everybody. I think we're buying in to the, what the world says and, and the world's trying to take that and say, no, we define marriage and, and I'm trying to show you and tell you that's not true, uh, but the world uh, does not believe in covenants. I don't know if you knew that. The world does not believe in covenants. The world says, man, listen, if it's hard, like get out. Like, what are you doing? It shouldn't, shouldn't be that hard to work through. They say, it should be easy. It should be good feelings. It should be all, all good vibes all the time. So, so it's really hard. Get out, man. Uh, you know, if it's not worth it, there are plenty of fish in the sea. And listen to me, we bought into that. And, and in a lot of Christian circles, we bought into that too much, I think, everybody. Uh, that, that, that's not the way that God has it for us. I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, and I feel like this is gonna be helpful. I don't know. I just felt like God was leaving. I'm gonna tell you something very countercultural that Courtney and I agreed on 
a long time ago. Uh, the word divorce is not in our vocabulary. Like we just, we just threw it out. We threw it out. It's not a word we use. It's off the table uh, when it comes to anything that we go through, anything uh, that we're going, we just don't use that. And, and here's the thing, everybody. Oh, I feel like I need to tell you that because uh, if you don't think it means something, it does. Like it really means something to say, we're not using that word. We will never throw that word out. It is not a word that we absolutely use at all. And so, uh, because what it means is I can at least trust you're not going anywhere, even in the tough times. And, and I need to trust the same. You can't, you can't use that word and, and, and have a fair fight. Because here's the thing, if you're using that word, if you know that word's looming, then, then what I'm thinking is you, you might bail on me if something's really hard. Really important, I'm telling you, really important. You know, you know how uncommon that is in the world today? You know how uncommon that is to say, we're not using the word divorce, man. It's, it's, it's almost like not even cool to say that in the world, man. Um, but it's off the table. But for us, we know how that, here's, here's why. For Courtney and I, we know that by doing that and by saying we're in a covenant, not a contract, see, that's how trust is built up and not taken away from us like the world is doing. I'm telling you, the world is taking away trust in these relationships. So we're set apart by a covenant. Uh, it's not a contract and, and we hold fast. We're, we're united, we're in this together. And here's the third, here's the third concept in it is that you become one flesh. You become one flesh. That sounds like it sounds, everybody. Okay, I'm just saying like that is uh, physical intimacy, right? It's very important, uh, very important. Physical intimacy is very important uh, in a marriage. It's what God designed uh, to be a picture of, of a lot of things, a picture of the commitment in body and in soul and, and, and from one another for his glory, okay? But uh, in here, uh, to become one flesh isn't just uh, about that one thing. It's not just about sex. It's, it's all of this stuff together. Uh, to become one flesh means that you become one in the sense that you are no longer uh, a single person in spirit, in soul, you're no longer a single person in intimacy needs, in goals and in life, that you're no longer one person. And so what that means is that you no longer think for yourself anymore. You no longer think, you have to think for more than yourself. And here's the thing, I don't know if you found this out, that's hard, right? I mean, you leave me hanging on that, that is not easy in a marriage to not just think of yourself. It doesn't just happen because uh, love isn't a feeling, it's not just an emotion, it's an action. And in order to be an action, it takes work, it takes sacrifice. There are things that you have to do. And so here's the definition of love if you need to have one in a marriage. Here it is. To love in a marriage is to will the good in your mate. That, that's the definition, that's, that's love in a marriage. That you wanna will the good in your man, that, that is an action. That, that takes self-sacrifice. That takes sacrificing selfish desires, things that I wanna have happen just in my life uh, and, and thinking of the other first, okay? And, and when both are mutually doing that, see, the, you become one, you become united because when you're both going after that, when you think of the other first and, and you wanna be one flesh, man, it's an amazing thing that happens, okay? So, so you leave other things as a top priority, right? You, you hold fast to your mate and you become one flesh. And then they lived happily ever after. Uh, and because getting married will fix everything because you complete me. And everybody said, amen, right? Oh, wait, no, that's not how, that's not how it works. Okay, okay, that, 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 good. I'm glad you all laughed at that because that's not really all the way, right? But here's the thing, here's the thing before we get into this next thing. The truth is when it comes to all the dynamics and there are a ton of dynamics that exist in a marriage, when it comes down to it, in order to have what it takes to have a healthy marriage, right there it is in Genesis 2. So they take a look at those three purposes of marriage and say, man, how are we doing in there? I'm telling you, that's where you wanna go and that's where you look. But here's the other truth. And I wanna let the scripture help us a little bit. And this is why I love the Bible. We're gonna go to 1 Corinthians 7 real quick. If you wanna flip there, 1 Corinthians 7, 28, because this is why I love the Bible. Because here's the thing. The, the Bible not only gives us what we need to hear, 
Uh, the Bible also gives me what I have to know, but the Bible also helps me along the way. And, and he, in here, in this, there's a little line in this, in this one scripture here, married people, that's gonna help you along the way in your marriage. And here's what it says. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. And now everybody says amen, right? That's where we're like, yes, okay. That's a little bit of a help for us, isn't it? At least for me, that's a little bit of a help. So here's the truth. In a marriage, there will be challenges. In a marriage, there will be tensions. There will be times where you look and say, I don't really like you right now, right? Like it's gonna happen, okay? It might be momentary, it might be a split second, but there will still be some brokenness in the marriage, even the marriage that wants to go after God the whole time. It just, it happens. And here's the bottom line. What does is, what is 1 Corinthians 7, 28 tell us? Here's what it's telling us. It's saying that in a marriage, see, it's not about the absence of challenges. That's not what the goal is. The goal is not the absence of challenges. The goal is understanding each other through the challenges challenges that we face. And so, so here's what I want to do with the rest of our time in light of Genesis 2 and in light of 1 Corinthians 7 to say, man, we were going to face some challenges. I want to look at what I believe are the four seasons, the four uh, uh, areas that, that, that will happen to us in our marriages, the four seasons that every marriage will experience and some things to consider uh, in each season. And so uh, I thought naming the season would be helpful so we could remember a little bit. So just go through four seasons if you want to write these down. Here's the first season that every marriage goes through and it's spring. We're going to call this one spring. Uh, and it's when life is busy. Spring is when life is busy. So let me help you a little bit. Let me define this because we're all busy, right? Like just say when life is busy, it's like, yeah, we're all busy. But here's what I mean. Um, when a marriage is in this season, um, when it's when you are so busy, it's when you're so busy that you don't even have time for each other. Like you don't have time to talk. Like you don't have time to sit down. You don't have time for sex. You don't have time just to be together. And it's almost like in this season, you're almost just passing each other by. People with, with small children, uh, that's, a lot of the that's a lot of the times when you're in that season, just really, really busy. Uh, and when you're in this season, here's what we think. And here's where it could get really, really tricky. And so here's what we think. We think in this season, well, it's just temporary. Right, like we're gonna get through this. It's just a season. It's, it's gonna be gone faster than we know it. We'll get back to normal soon. Just hang on. And here it is. Here's the challenge in this because the challenge is this because if we do that, it can easily, easily go from a phase to a pattern and eventually become a lifestyle even though we never planned on this to be our lifestyle at all. That's what can happen in this season, okay? And so uh, here's a word. I'm, for each one of these seasons, I wanna give you a word to think about. So just write this word down. Here's the word that I wanna give you in this season. When you're in this season, it's intentionality. Intentionality is a huge word that you wanna have. What you have to do in this season is that you have to be really intentional in this, in creating downtime, in creating time and space for yourself. And here's the thing. In this season, you're gonna say, we don't have it. I know, that's why, you, that's why you have to have the word intentionality. You have to be intentional about creating. You have to look for ways they are not just gonna happen in this phase, in this season. There are seasons where it does happen, but you have to be intentional to look for ways to connect, and they're not just gonna happen in this season. So here's what I'm gonna tell you, everybody, in this season, when you're in this season, and you can name this season, turn off your phones. Okay, you gotta turn off your, put your computer, just close your computer up. Have dinner together, right? Just have dinner together. Look at each other in the eye and just say hi. Like do that, just for, like, just for that. Like in that season, you're gonna need to do that. And here's the thing, find, listen to me everybody, find ways to date. Find ways to date. If you are married, I know we have excuses. I know how busy you are. You need to find times where it's just you two together. Figure it out, figure it out. Find ways where you two are together and it takes intentionality in this season. That's the first season. Here's the second season. So spring is when life is busy. Here's summer and summer uh, is when life is good. 
Summer is life is good. Summer is a season that we all hope for. And, and my prayer and hope is that we all know what that's like, that we all have had that, we all have experienced that. Uh, and so in this season, things are great, right? Things are great. Everything's going good. Uh, no money issues. Jobs are okay. Health is good, right? You know, you wake up, hear the birds chirping, harps playing, and all that stuff, right? It's just amazing. And you look, you're like, that's where you say you complete me and, and all those things that, that you want to hear. Uh, and, and here's the challenge. This is the challenge in this one. We think, man, this will last forever. But here, here's a real challenge. It's, it's, it rarely, rarely, rarely lasts as long as we want. In fact, a lot of times the summer season is probably the, the, least, uh, uh, the least long season uh, in our lives. And so here's the word, here's the word that, that I want us to look at when we're in this season, and it's this word invest. So in spring, we wanna be intentional on creating time. In summer, when things are good, what we wanna do is we wanna invest. What, we, what I mean by that is you wanna bank some things when, you're, when things are going really good. You wanna bank some things for when the other seasons come in your life so you can use it uh, to get better results in your marriage in this season. One of the best things to do in the summer season when things are going great is to plan a meeting, uh, plan an inventory meeting where you can really sit across from one another and do some work in your marriage where you can really ask some hard questions, say, hey, what can I do more of? to help you in this relationship? What, hey, what, what are some things that, 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 I'd, that I'd like to see less from you to make this a little bit better? See, uh, the best time to do it is in the summer because you're not at each other's throats, right, everybody? Like, you're not like, I can, where you'd rather be anywhere else but there, right? So you wanna do that in the summer season. And, and here's why this is important. Here's why this is important. Um, you wanna be able to store up some things that you're gonna need uh, in the other seasons that you will face. There's, there's no marriage that doesn't face one of these four seasons. So you wanna store some of these things up so you can use them when the other seasons hit. And this is the best time to bank some of these things. Great couples, listen to me, everybody. Great couples do not wait for the wheels to fall off to work on things in their marriage. Great couples do it in this scene. This is a great time to get counseling. This is a great time to break. The, the, the best time to get counseling is not when the wheels fall off, everybody. It's when things are going really good. It's like, hey, let's, let's get some things brushed off, up on, okay? So they use that time uh, and they use it uh, to work on some things in their marriage. So that's the second season of summer. Here's the third one, uh, and it's fall, and it's when life changes. It's when life changes. Uh, so there are two kinds of change, two types of change here uh, in this area. And the first kind of change uh, is like major life changes, right? The change, changes in jobs, change in uh, transition to school, baby comes, uh, you know, things like that. You just moved, like major life changes. And in this one, uh, a major life change uh, almost always requires a, a life adjustment. Okay, a major change requires a life adjustment. And if it's not recognized, here's what's in this first area of change, uh, then that could easily turn into attention if you're not recognizing it and that, that things need to adjust it. It could turn into attention that could easily go into conflict and then, and then you'll find yourself uh, in an all-out war sometimes and not even realize it. But that's why, because uh, of one of the changes. Here's the other change. The other change uh, is that married couples deal with. I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, did you know that we changed too? Did you know that? I, yeah, I found that out. Like, I, like we don't stay the same. Like, that really bums me out sometimes. But we are not the same as we were 20 years ago. Did you know that, everybody? Like, that happens in a marriage, okay? Uh, Courtney and I, uh, now, now, some things don't change, okay? Some things absolutely uh, don't change, but we absolutely change. We are not the same as we were. But Courtney and I, uh, we are total opposites in some areas, and that will never change, okay? There, there's something, that, and so I cannot uh, look at that in some of these areas and get, I don't know why I would get upset about that if I know that she's not gonna change or if she knows 
goes, I'm not gonna change. And so I gotta understand that, okay? And vice versa. For example, just an example. Uh, so, you know, like when it comes to dishes, okay? Like these are never changed. When it comes to dishes, uh, like, you know, the tongs that you can like close, like you can close and open. Okay, so, so one of us puts the tongs in open so everything uh, gets clean and the other one does it wrong. Okay, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna name names, uh, but that's just an example. That will never change, so it shouldn't rub me or that person the wrong way when they put the tongs in wrong. Okay, but even though, even though there are a lot of things that won't change in us, uh, there are absolutely things that still change. We're not the same as we were 20 years ago in a lot of areas. Uh, when I asked Courtney, actually when Courtney and I were working through this together, it was such a blessing to work through this one together, uh, I just asked her what season she thought we were in, and we both agreed that this is the season we uh, believe we're in. We're in fall, we're in a season of change, and, and it's mostly because of our kids uh, and, and with the situation that we're in and, and school, and we don't have daycare, and, and so it's, it's a huge life change for us over the last uh, couple months of our lives. And, and, and I know a lot of you who have like middle school on down, I mean, you're feeling that, you're feeling that pain. And honestly, I was thinking about this and I wanna make a joke about it, but man, it, it's serious. It's really serious. We, we were recognizing that it's a serious thing for us. Like we found ourselves uh, in situations where we've seen frustrations with the kids and with each other in ways that we've never seen before. And we're, we sat there wondering something. I was like, what is going on? we're in this season of change and it's easy, easy to get frustrated and confused because that's where, that's where this happens. So here's what can easily happen. This is what the challenge is. Change can be really confusing and it can also, everybody, be very frustrating, especially when, listen, especially when you don't recognize it and, and you fail to make adjustments in your life, when you fail to make adjustments in your marriage. That's what happens, okay? It can be confusing and frustrating. Uh, every great marriage, every great marriage is willing to make adjustments. And so here's the word. Actually, there's two words in this one when we're in the season that we have to have with each other and it's grace and acceptance. Grace and acceptance are huge in this season of life. One of the phrases uh, that Courtney and I use that have absolutely changed our marriage is the phrase, believe the best. We taught it from up here. I've learned it years ago. Uh, I don't remember where from, but I've known that for a long time. And, and, and Courtney and I use that a lot, to believe the best. That, that every time, listen everybody, every time I could choose to believe the best about Courtney, Every time, no matter what happens, that's the first thing that I can choose to believe the best out of the person. And you could do that every single time with your mate as well. So with Courtney, uh, here's what happens. When I say, listen, I'm gonna choose to focus on the good things that I love. I wanna choose uh, to believe the good things about you, that, that there's always something good about you that I can focus on. See, when I do that, it's always easier for me to make adjustments. It's always easier for me to, to be accepting and make a change that I need to make, okay? Um, here's a goal. Here's a goal for you as well. Uh, be a great forgiver. How about that? That's something to really strive for in your marriage. Be a, how, maybe one thing you could do to get together is just sit down and say, how are we doing at forgiving? Like, how are we doing at forgiving? Are, are we forgiving right away? Uh, are we holding on a little longer uh, than we should? You know, so, so in the season of change, you have to have grace and acceptance. You gotta be a great forgiver. Gotta believe the best. You gotta see those things and be willing to adapt. Here's the fourth one, which is winter. And it's when life falls apart. And everybody listen to me. Every marriage will go through it, okay? I don't know what level, but, but we'll go through it. And, and what happens is, uh, I don't have to really say this, when you're going through a storm. It's when, it's when you're going through any kind of crisis, and, and trust me, every marriage will go through this. It's a season of loss, it's a season of grief, it's, it may be a, a, some sort of a betrayal between the two of you, it could be bankruptcy, hospitalization, cancer, it could be a, any, any crisis, mental illness, a lot of things that you go through. And here's the deal, if you're married, you will go through season like this. And here's the word that I wanna give you, and it's the word covenant. As we talked about earlier, it's such an important word, 
especially when you're in this season together. This is where the covenant trust has to be there so, so that you know that the other person isn't going anywhere no matter what happens in this storm. That, that you know you can trust and rely that that person is with me through thick and thin and as we face this with Christ together. And everybody listen to me, that's the key. That we face this with Christ at the center. And might not have, maybe we got into that storm because Christ wasn't at the center. Maybe it just happened, but, but when we put Christ at the center, man, then, then we gotta have that covenant. We gotta get through this. Courtney and I, uh, I, know you, I know you think differently of pastors. Uh, I would assume that Blair and Chad would say the same. Like, we are not immune to this. Uh, like, everybody goes through uh, winter seasons. We've been through several uh, in our marriage, and, and I'm gonna tell you, we've been through one just recently, and during that time, here's what we see. Here's what I was able to say, what I'm able to say, and what I'm able to tell you with, with complete confidence. See, what we were able to see is that we saw the benefit of a few of these things that we've done. We saw the benefit of the things that we banked in the good seasons of our life. That, that we used them in the winter season when they came, that, that we, this is where the become one flesh, where we're able to see the benefits uh, of going through that and, and, and working that uh, as a muscle, working that being united as a muscle. And the covenant that we made, the covenant we made, uh, it, we know, it tells us you're not going anywhere and I know you're not going anywhere and, and I don't need to hide. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, uh, this was so helpful for us to realize when we were in the storms and the, in the winter seasons of our lives. And it's where that, listen to me everybody, it's where that covenant decision becomes so important right in this season of life. We, we will all face these seasons in a marriage. And here's what I wanna say, every, every married couple here, uh, we will all face all four of these seasons, but here's what, here, here's what I wanna encourage you with, encourage you in. See, there is a way, there is a way when every single season to work uh, and to understand each other and to allow God in and get stronger together in whatever season that you may face. If we look at what God has to say, we bring these really important words into us, we be intentional and, and have action behind what we do. And so here's what I wanna end. I wanna end this morning. Uh, each one of these weeks in the, in the series, I wanna end with some questions uh, that we think would be helpful for couples or for you to ask yourself. So I'm gonna put these up here. Write these down as I walk through. I'm gonna give you four questions uh, to ask in marriage. Now, and now before we get to, the, if you're married, you can start writing those down. Uh, I do realize that as we're talking about marriage, that there are people here that may be watching or here, uh, and you're not married. You're not married. And I totally realize that, that you're single, you're divorced, there's hurt, there's pain, there's some things that, and I hope you haven't checked out too much. But I do wanna say this, you are not forgotten here uh, with us, that, that we are created uh, to, to be in community with you uh, just as importantly as anybody else, like that, that you are just as important uh, to us, we value you. And so that's why we created Rich Singles. That's why we have divorce care here. Uh, two of those groups are, are active and, and we are moving with that. So if you are in those areas of life, I just want you to know that we do have things available uh, for you. Our divorce care team is planning on uh, making a new meeting in February. Uh, so you can get ready for that. You can go to the website uh, if, or you get on your app right there and you'll see if you refresh your app, the, the button groups and you can click on that, get the next step. Uh, and our Rich Singles meets weekly on Sundays to challenge each other to take the next step. So man, get connected there. If that's where you are, if that's the season of life you're in, get on the app, get on the website, uh, and find uh, the groups there and, and get there. But here, for married people, I want us to challenge us to ask four questions here, okay? Just go through these really quick. Here's the first one. What season are we in? What season are we in? Man, I think for some of you, it's very, uh, you, I don't know if you even know what season you're in. I'm telling you, just with what we've gone through, it's really important to know what season you're in so you can bring the appropriate things in uh, when you're in that season. Again, the, the goal isn't to get through it. You're not gonna be able to get, just get through and power through the seasons. It's understanding the season that you're in. So what season are you in? Having the ability to name the season, it's gonna help you get the tools that you need to love each other through the season, okay? Uh, here's the second one. What kind of marriage do we want? What kind of marriage do we want? Uh, I think this is really important to ask, and here's why I'm putting this one up there. Just asking that may clear up a lot for you guys. 
really. Like, uh, because here's the thing, for Christians, uh, here's my challenge. I'm assuming a lot of you are here because you say you're a Christian, that you do wanna follow Jesus. So I'm gonna push you here a little bit. I wanna, I'm gonna push you here a little bit in this question. Um, here's the thing, I, need, I think you need to ask each other, are we going after a godly marriage or are we going after a marriage with God in it? The, because here's the thing, how you answer that and your answer, like uh, th- those answers are drastically different in their um, effect. They're drastically different. People who want a godly marriage, uh, they do some things in order to get their marriage going. They they check their egos at the door. uh, They walk in humility. uh, They allow grace, love, and truth to come in. It's an all-in with God kind of answer. I just, guys, I think it's worth just sitting down and asking, honestly, like to find out where you are with this and God, like to say, are we going after a godly marriage? Are we just kind of, doing some religious stuff. And I mean, cause that's where you might find some things going on there. And, I, and for those of you who do wanna go after a godly marriage, I think it's worth just sitting down and celebrating that. Just at least answer the question verbally. You might even assume that you're going after it just to say it, man, that's something you can celebrate. So what kind of marriage are we going for? Here's the third one. What tensions are in our marriage? Here's the great news. We all have them, so don't freak out, okay? Like we all have tensions in our marriage, but man, I'm telling you, the good couples, they can name them. They can name them and they know what they are, okay? So, so just answering the question of what are the tensions, what exists, what are, what are questions we're not answering, right? Is, is sex a tension in our marriage? Is, is it your sex life? Is it your financial uh, planning or financial decisions? Is there a tension in how you approach the opposite sex? What are, the, is, there, is it a lack of pursuit from the other person or from you in, in the marriage? I mean, man, marriage takes pursuit. Marriage takes a, a pursuit, right? There should be a pursuit in there. It takes effort. Most, most marriages don't just stumble in uh, to going after each other like you did when you were dating. Can I get a good amen? We gotta work on that. And we gotta ask each other, how are we doing there, okay? So what are the tensions? What are the tensions? And again, the goal isn't to get through them or get rid of all of them. I believe some, you hopefully maybe need to arrive but just to understand where they are and understand what to do. And the fourth one, what are we actively doing to have a better marriage? What are we actively doing to have, I think every single married couple that's going after God should have a couple good answers to that, right? Again, I wanna give you some things to celebrate, uh, to be encouraged about. So the first thing I want you to do is really answer that question. Hey, here's what we're doing. Hey, 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 you are believing the best about me. I, I, I wanna celebrate that. Thank you for believing the best about me more than, more than expecting the worst. So, so what are some things that you can celebrate and, and say, man, that's what, that's what gets us excited. Are we communicating well? Uh, are we dating well? What are some things that we're doing well? And then, hey, what are some things we need to work on? What are some things that we need to work on? Just a few helps really quick, uh, and then we'll be done. Uh, Plan a yearly inventory meeting. Corey and I do two a year. Uh, We do one in January, one around our um, anniversary. Uh, And if you don't know what I mean by an inventory meeting, we actually have a help for you. Uh, If you're here in person, out there in a lobby, you can grab uh, uh, one of the inventory meetings. There's one for uh, dating and engaged, or one for married. And online, we will have it right uh, attached to the message. When the message gets on there, you'll be able to click on that PDF just just to help sit down and work through some things and take an inventory on where you're at. Plan that meeting, get going on there. Um, set goals together, set goals together. That's another fun one to do. Fun ones, not bummer ones. Right? Like ones where you can help each other and be like, here's a goal I wanna do, I wanna run a 5K. All right, well, how can I help you do that? Know each other's goals, have individual goals and have some couple goals, right? Well, hey, we're gonna pray X amount, we're gonna get after it X amount of times a week and pray and we're gonna date each other X amount of times a month. Have some goals, uh, have intentional date nights. Have intentional date nights. I know COVID stinks. I know, like, figure it out. Okay, figure it out. Like, figure it out. Get a date night. Do a date. So, okay, keep dating your spouse. And I, man, I tell you, Courtney and I talked about this when we were coming back. We were trying to figure out what is the number one thing that probably puts the most excitement and best parts in our marriage. Plan a weekend away 
At least one, if not a few, man. That's the biggest, she said it makes the biggest difference in our marriage when we plan a weekend away, just the two of us. It's not easy, it's not easy. You gotta plan it, do it. It doesn't have to be expensive either, man. Just do it, figure it out, okay? Uh, And here's the important thing to know if you're married, and we'll be done. Uh, I think you need to know this. No relationship, think about this, no relationship stays the same, right? Like no, no relationship is just kind of standing still. And I want you to think about that with your marriage because here's the thing, if you're not growing closer together intention, intentionally, then, then what you're gonna find out over time is you're actually growing further and further apart. And it happens most when you have kids because they become the priority, they become the important. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's been 18 years, like I don't even know you, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So here's what I encourage you to do wherever you are in your marriage. Man, let's let 2021 be the year where we grow closer together. How about everybody? Is that what you want for your marriage? That's what I want for mine. I wanna grow closer. I wanna turn the page and get closer to my mate this year. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for, I mean, honestly, I thank you that you didn't call us to be alone. I'm so glad that, that you didn't make us to be alone, that uh, the call isn't just for marriage, it's not, you know, that, that, that you just call us to be with other people, but I do pray for the marriages uh, here, the marriages that are listening, the marriages that, that want to see some good things happen uh, this year. I pray uh, for a few things right now. First, I pray for the faith that we have to believe in you and what you have to say about marriage, that we can believe that. And the first, when we believe that, then we wanna go after that. And I pray for wisdom right now for every marriage here, every marriage watching, my own marriage with me and Courtney. I pray we have the wisdom to see some things that you're clearly telling us that we need to do. And God, give us the courage, may we have the courage to take a step in the right direction, uh, a step in the better direction, and encourage each other in the things that we are doing and to, uh, to love each other this year. We pray uh, that you help us. We need you. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray for this in his name.